0: As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hey everybody, this is Mason. I'm the producer of the Trend or Truth podcast and our original intro got messed up, so I'm here to kind of sub in and get you guys set up for today's episode. We have with us as always our main host, Jeff Lasornio, also known as Zorn. We have Wes Hostler, myself, and we have a special guest, Grant Ruthenberg. And so we hope you guys enjoy today's episode and we thank you for listening.
1: In, in a world of chaos, how to stay focused on God um, we've got a lot of topics we can talk about right now because of, uh, it seems like there's a lot of chaos going on with the pandemic, with the riots, um, with the, uh, you know, the, the racist overtones that are involved and everything. And, um, so let's just jump into, to what are you guys' thoughts on, uh, on the riots and what's going on with, uh, the George Floyd, uh, situation. Do you guys have any thoughts on, on the riots and things like that?
0: The main thing is, I just don't know where to begin but. Thoughts have really been everywhere, so the only thing I've really known to do was I was prompted by God to pray earlier today, just kind of for our country and for everything that's going on, because I I feel like I want to do something right now, but I don't really have the answers, and so that's the only thing I know what to do. But it's just crazy. I mean, like I said, I don't have the answers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I hear
2: you. I don't think any of us do, Um, and well... You, you can't really understand what's going on. You can never look at what's happening right now and say, Oh, that's normal that we should, we should accept that. And it, it is unacceptable what's going on. Um, and so you, you rack your brain and you think of anything you can do and you realize that you can't do anything about it Right in the flesh. Um, but Mason you bring up praying and that's a, that's a great way to go about it. Um,
1: but, um, that's all I got on that for now. I, uh, you know, just watching the stuff. I I got to spend a lot of time with my cousin the other night and we were just, we were just watching the footage the whole time. And I'm, I'm looking at the, the police officers and, and I'm just thinking, you know, uh, watching them be spit on, have things thrown at them and still just standing their ground and trying not to react. And, and of course the whole thing's over a police officer that obviously, uh, didn't react the proper way. Um, and, you know to me it was the first time that our country was united when everybody was like this this guy is a murderer no doubt about it what he did that was not called for it's not uh, an honor of the badge it's not it was definitely an overstep of of power and an abuse of power and then the riots start to happen and do you us see that as as a an understood uh reaction or do you see it as kind of taking away from George Floyd his memory and what the protests were originally supposed to be about and for.
3: I understood that the protests were supposed to be about justice. And, you know, we talk about God being love. I mean, it says in First John, God is love. Uh, but God, you know, if he describes himself in the Old Testament, that's how he describes himself. And it's almost like love and justice are interchangeable in some right, ways. Right. And so what we have to really remember in being christians is that if god is justice then we don't get to define what it is he does and you can't you know pretend that things are just going to fix themselves because they are not and we can't stand idly by and ignore things that are absolutely unjust uh, but at the same time we have to pray for god's wisdom on how to improve things and make them better instead of making something worse right and um again that i hate that it's political because it's not yeah it's it shouldn't ever enter the realm of politics it should be about uh, the human race and that we're all created equally and i don't want to go into you know some lincoln speech or whatever <laughs> but the fact is is you know i think it was martin luther king's niece and i can't remember her name and i feel bad about that now but she said it so spot on that you know race is, is a human social construct and and every you know human being is god's creation and he cares about them and and uh you know diminishing that in any way is not being a christian
1: yeah i heard someone say the other day uh that was during the the coverage of the the riot stuff and and they had said you know the point of the protest was to talk about george floyd and his uh his case, the things that the family's going to go through the charges that need to be brought up against the, the four gentlemen. And now you're talking about riots. You're not even talking about George Floyd anymore. And that's, that's just a sad mm-hmm. deal. Um, one of our guys in our Bible study accountability group um, sent a text that said, I'm so heartbroken to see this world tear each other apart. All lives matter. And we're so disrespectful towards one another. We're losing sight of what God calls us to be. It was Murph that put that in the in the deal. And I don't know, do you remember what I replied to him? I'd have My to chance. go back and look. I, I just replied that, you know, I, I hope he sees that that's really the world that's reacting the way that it's acting. And and I mean the world as in not Christians. You know, uh, I hope that there, there's probably some people there that claim to be Christian. There's probably some people there that, that say they're Christians. But Christians, I don't believe, would react that way. I believe it doesn't line up. Uh, racism doesn't align with Christianity. Uh, violence doesn't align with Christianity. Uh, tearing up uh, a person's business and and setting it on fire doesn't align with Christianity. And that was kind of just my point um, to him was that you know this is the world tearing things apart. This is and a lot of it is the world in a political sense trying to uh, politicize it for their side of of whatever. So. Um, we've also got going on, uh, you know, amidst this, obviously the pandemic, um, and I just kind of wanted to know, things are loosening up, people are starting to open up things, uh, what are the plans in, in your specific churches right now that, that are going on? I know at Claremore Assembly, uh, they've started services a, a while back, but it's real limited. Uh, telling the sixty five and older to stay home anybody with ailments if you've had fever if you've been sick and I, it seems like it's been pretty well respected honestly and in destiny life they just had first service today and uh my wife and i okay, I'll be honest here, my wife told me that we weren't comfortable enough to go yet so 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 uh so we stayed uh home this morning um but I heard that you know it was it was a decent crowd, but and it was spaced out and safe and and things. So what's what's church on the move doing, Mason?
0: Oh, right now we're waiting until the first week of July to open up our services, and the main main thought process behind that is we don't want restrictions on keeping certain people out or sure. something like that. We want to be able to open up to where everybody can come back in. You're also
1: a much larger church. That's true. I mean, you're going to yeah. have where Claremore Assembly on a good day is 250, right? You know, and with the, you take the 65 out, they're down to I better not say that. (laughs) We may have to cut that out. They're they're down to 50. No, that's, that's terrible. No, but it is an older crowd, you know, so they're, when they do leave out the 65, it makes the crowd much smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, where church on the move is talking about, I mean, a couple thousand at a service, I would think.
0: Yeah. Not just there, but we have a a campus in Glenpool and broken arrow as well. So it's, uh, we really just want to make sure that everybody can come back in and enjoy it at the same time. But, uh, we are letting our uh, our youth at our 180 campus, uh, they're allowing to meet on the lawns outside on Wednesday nights now. So rather than doing online, they're yeah.
1: able to actually... And again, a smaller group. coming. You know, yeah. I, I could see the struggles, too, of being a, a large church like that, having the satellite campuses right. and wanting to allow them to meet, but then feeling that awkwardness of yeah. not really being unified as a church. Does that make sense? What about you guys, Wes, at the Church of the Nazarene?
3: Yeah, we're doing it. We've uh, met third week, I think, now. I'm... I think it was longer than that. At any rate, we've just got every other pew uh, sort of roped off and just being cautious for the older people, you know, and, and making sure that we're aware that the reasons we're doing this is to keep people safe that have compromised mucins and all of those things. We're trying to respect the science behind, you know, the reality of how people can be affected by it, right? but not... Overcorrect at the same time uh but yeah we're just glad to be together it just it definitely makes you thankful you know when you get there with all the people that you haven't gotten to see in a while and the hardest part is not being able to hug on them and, and stuff like that
1: i'll tell you you know i've always had this saying that there's always someone that makes you feel better about yourself right well that for us is grant ruthenberg because he's from san diego and they're still on lockdown pretty much right i mean yeah Pretty much everybody's still shut down, right? Yeah,
2: my church is kind of in the same boat as Mason's, and um, it's a big church. We have three different services, and they're packed full. And um, the pastor's in a tough spot because a good majority of our church is um, older. right? And so he's taking a lot of heat from them, and he's also getting heat from the younger crowd who wants to come back. And so he's <laughs> he's got a lot of uh, um, decisions to make on yeah. um, what he thinks is right and what how he can— um, Provide, and yeah. teach to the people that are willing to come in while still um, pleasing the the older crowd that is a little more worried.
1: Man, I don't uh I don't want to put you on the spot here, and, and this isn't a brag, but it's a little bit of a brag because I'm proud of you. Um, but uh, in a time like this, you want to be, you want to have church. You want to, and we talk about all the time that church isn't in a building. Church church is gathering together, and just share with us if you don't mind what you're doing. As a family uh, that still is church, because uh, I just think it's really cool. Uh, I think it's cool. We're not going to tell anybody that if it's over 10 people, with that 10 people <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly is what we're But, but just kind of let us t- tell these guys what you told us today about what you guys are doing. I just think it's super cool. Yeah. So,
2: Well, I remember um, when you were taking me to the airport and you told me, I said, well, you started this AMP building and I'm not sure I, I want to start an actual building of AMP. And you said, the ministry is not the building, the ministry is with you. And you can take it wherever you want and that's so good i said that yeah wow
1: <laughs> that's holy spirit right there um, yeah because you don't even remember it <laughs> yeah, exactly
2: um and so we were able to amid this whole coronavirus thing um we were able to take the ministry and bring it to my house and uh, luckily enough my girlfriend's family lives two blocks down and their family joined us I, i'm okay and i don't think anyone's gonna arrest me here but their family joined us and we have a worship and a service together and we were able to lead it together and then another um, neighbor neighbor family come we, over and yeah our families actually have a mutual friend which is my neighbor and so we all get together and we have a, a meal and a bible study together and it's it's really been great a lot of great stuff's been yeah said in those groups and it's kind of set up like a small group we have here yeah. at camp
1: i think uh, that's so cool i just i just thought it was really cool and it you know it just uh it just made me heart ha- happy in my heart um, to hear something like that. Yeah. Cause I think that's uh real life church started a deal where they, because they couldn't meet yet. They weren't comfortable meeting. So they started doing uh house churches and you kind of signed up and they, you'd go to a house where there's six or seven people there and they would worship with the, with the screen and pastor uh, Oakley was doing his message still on a live stream and they would all watch it together. And I thought it was really cool. So yeah,
2: I never thought I'd see be in a room where, we're in a small group situation and my parents are saying vulnerable stuff and my girlfriend's parents are saying vulnerable stuff. And I'm sitting here being their child or their girlfriend's boyfriend or their daughter's boyfriend. And they're saying this, these things. And, uh, I'm just like, wow, this is God really brings the best out of people and he
1: can do it wherever and whenever. That's so cool. That's a moment, man. That's great. Well, and I don't know, um, if you guys know, but when I first met Grant, his, uh, father was in the hospital. Um, speaking of chaos um, with a a brain issue. Brain tumor. And and he had a brain tumor. And then uh, it wasn't too long after that. They kind of had to open it back up to... Was it to leave some swelling? It was an infection. An infection, okay. And uh, he was Jewish. And just... I remember him telling me, hey, uh, my dad's starting to read the Bible, you know, and it was just really cool to hear about that and to see the impact that he had had and and his mother, your mother was a believer, right? Mm -hmm. And to see the impact that that they had had and and his slow but sure uh, conversion over to now Christian, correct?
2: Yeah. And um, one of my good friends, um, he's actually the son of my dad's best friend. Um, He gave my dad his dog tag from the military and it had a Bible verse on it. It was in Joshua. And my dad memorized it, and that was his verse, first verse that he memorized. Wow. And he would recite it to
1: himself while he was in the hospital. So that was pretty cool. So cool. So cool. God is good, guys. So, uh, you know, the the term co- uh, that's coming up a lot is uh, racism. Um, I keep watching shows, and, and I don't realize uh, how prevalent racism was, Wes, when you and I were 10 years old. You know, I thought— I mean, it just wasn't like that in my neighborhood. It wasn't, but you see some of these shows, like in New York City, uh, the Central Park Five, you know, that was like in the early 80s, I think, you know, or late, maybe late 80s, or maybe late 70s, early 80s. You know, it was a deal that I didn't hear about. Um, and I went to a school that was probably uh, 50-50, white to black. I'm not positive, it was pretty close to that. And And I guess maybe you just couldn't afford to be racist. Does that make sense? It was more dangerous than good does that and it
3: i just feel so sheltered you know when i think back in those days that you know we're in oklahoma and there is you know all different kinds of people uh, you wouldn't think we were that diverse but uh, just like any other place in the country there's going to be some racism <laughs> like i never thought that people's lives were threatened yeah. by it And I think that really sort of opens my eyes in ways, especially with this situation where if you grow up with something being normalized like uh, racial jokes or diminishing or devaluing uh, a people group because of their skin color or ethnicity or whatever, that's the beginning of it and I never thought about it that way is that it's just being naive or ignorant or, or, you know, your worldview being shaped in a way that you don't know it's wrong until you see the right way. Yeah. And I have to imagine that all of these people, uh, you know, that consider, uh, certain lives less valuable than another started that way.
1: Well, and I just think that there's a lot of it too, a lot more than we realize that is, um, that's learned absolutely you know and and like my I, i don't ever remember my mom or my father ever saying something derogatory about any race not not anything you know and so maybe it's just maybe that's why um it just wasn't a thought to us you know but obviously it's still out there and it's still prevalent and uh it's causing a lot of um stress and turmoil what's what's our role in in some of these situations just like uh take for instance uh the 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 people I feel sorry for the people that watch this policeman do this to George Floyd. Okay. The video I've seen a picture. I haven't watched the video. I don't know that I want to, Um, but I've seen the picture, you know, the famous picture Mm -hmm. where he's got his knee on his neck. He's at the end of the car there. And it looks like you could just run and just bowl that dude over. Right. Right. But he's an officer of the law. You're a bystander. And if you do that and George Floyd lives, What's the repercussions to that? You, do you know what I'm saying? So as an innocent bystander, you're kind of just, you're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that and George Floyd still dies, maybe then they say, well, he was obviously justified in what he did, but but if he lives, you're you're toast, aren't you? I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, there's so many ways that you can second guess, you yeah. know, as a, a person uh, witnessing injustice. What should I have done? Uh, But the responsibility lies on the other officers there. Yeah. Is exactly. They're given the authority and the power to protect and serve. And if they really understand the gravity of that, then they should know and should not be surprised that anything a fellow officer does, they're going to also be held responsible for it.
2: I think we also have to remember that this is a a loud minority, so to speak. It this isn't a common occurrence. That's true. Based on the numbers of how many arrests there are and how many great officers there are. And I think we can unanimous unanimously agree <laughs> that we respect officers and we sure um yep. believe in what they do and um I believe most if not all of them are good. And um so this is a, a horrible situation and um, I'm not sure what was going through the officer's head at the time. Um, and some of us will never know. And, um, we just, our heart goes out to the family that this affects and the people that it affects. And I hope that we can see God in this and that good things, all, all things happen for good and that God can work with it. Um, and so it's, I guess one thing we can learn from this is it's easy to, um, get caught up and spin in this cycle of, oh, this could have been avoided. That could have been avoided. Right. But that's exactly what Satan wants us to do. And to get caught up in that cycle of thinking and he wants, that's our weakness. And we want to dwell in that. um, And he takes advantage of it. But if we can break that cycle and remember God in it, um, it can, it can help us get out of it and get through it much quicker than we can dwelling in it. Either way, we're going to learn a good lesson, but um, it's how fast we react to God's lesson. Yeah. That's so good. Right. So mm-hmm.
1: and it draws back to what we were talking about today, um, with that uh, just trusting God in it, seeing that He's in it, uh, and the deal. Remember, we were talking today about the book mm-hmm. uh, and what was the the main point. Um,
2: uh, well, He's Satan's a predator. Satan's a predator, and He's gonna he, find your weakness, just like the um, mm-hmm. if you have a predator and he goes after the weak and the sick, He's gonna find your weaknesses, and we all really know what our weakness is, whether we want to admit it or not um and he'll go after them and sometimes we let him
1: yeah yeah and even though you're doing a good thing uh satan has a way of taking that good thing and causing it to be bad for you because of whatever weakness or my deal's pride you know i i still do things in here that i'm like okay am i really doing that for me or am i doing that for god you know and, and that's something i've always mm-hmm. got to constantly battle and weigh and pray over go to kimberly she's my kind of my uh my guiding light, I guess. I don't, I don't know, but she's the one that I can go to and say, Hey, you know, am I doing this for me? And she'll either be like, it's possible. <laughs> uh, or she'll be like, what are you gaining? You, you mm-hmm. know, uh, what are you gaining? The only thing you're gaining is kingdom, you know? And, and, but I still need to hear that sometimes because I'm terrified. Of uh, And I think that's a good terrified thing, you know, to, to be weary of it, to be, is weary the right word? Aware, to be aware of, the enemy looking to exploit that weakness in me. So I love that. And uh, Sounds like a book I may have to get. What was the name of that book?
2: It's called God's Story, Your
1: Story. By might be Max a, Lucado. Yeah. So we always just do that because now he has to send us a check. <laughs> so we've got zero checks so far, uh, but we still do it. It's fun anyway. So. Yeah. Um, so,
2: but one thing I also got out of that, and it's a kind of a new perspective, um, is that um, – Jesus came to really reverse, in basic terms, reverse Satan's work. Um, he came to die for our sins and Satan brought sin into the world. And so really our... F- there's no doubt that Satan exists. And it's... I mean, it if you kind of have to say it's not the basis of our religion or our faith, but it's, it's a, a major part of it. Um, and so if we can... If we can see that Satan exists um, and we recognize that, we can, we can fill that weakness or we can fill that gap with God and not Satan because he know, we know he's going to be lurking. So it's, it's really a matter of recognizing that he's there and um, placing something else, being God in that spot.
3: I think that's perfect for what we're talking about is just not exhorting, <laughs> <Rewind. Yeah>. exor- <laughs> yeah. no, ignoring that evil exists. And I think that's part of the problem, you know, that sort of pretending, you know, ignoring the elephant in the room type of thing. And racism is a real thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not it, It's not that we're going to condone uh, riots or any of those violent acts. But at the same time, we cannot ignore how this is affecting their lives and the fear mm-hmm. it's creating and the people that are dying and all the. You know, all of the things that they're should be drawing attention to that the the intention is is definitely appropriate. It's just how it's occurring that we're trying to wrestle with and figure right. out. Mm-hmm.
1: And if they were quiet protests, not quiet, not even quiet, if they were uh nonviolent, if they weren't tearing up stuff, um I think everybody would be on board. I think I think mm-hmm. they'd have millions of coming out for this thing. You know what I'm saying?
0: It'd be a lot less polarizing if there was just all that violence was just gone.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's one of the things people notice and they're talking about in these, in these shows is, is this not just black people out there? It's, it's black right. and white. There's there's white people that have the heart for this uh, particular cause. Um, but if it was a, uh, just a regular protest, a protest where you're lifting your voices, you're, you're stating your cause Um, you're saying what you need to say and you're showing up in huge numbers and you're doing that without the violence. I think it would be massive. Mm -hmm. And you talk about uh, unifying people and and I hate that it takes someone's death to to do that, but that's what could have happened had it not turned to the violence. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a group of people that needed the violence so that it didn't Unify.
2: Uh, you see that with the the COVID protests going on as well. Um, and early on in the protest, you'd have these people um, who are legally carrying guns and rifles around, strapped around their shoulders, and it's it's legal. Um, but is that the narrative you're trying to push? Is it necessary to carry the guns? Yes, you can do it, and yes, you're not harming anyone, and you're trained, and you know how to handle it. That's great, and it's legal, and you can practice that if you want. But is that the narrative that you want to push? And right. I know my dad's friend, Mark Meckler. Um, was, um, he's a vice president of a nonprofit, and he was um, talking about that. And um, he was really saying, "What message are you trying to portray in this? Right. And this this violence that's going on with these protests? These protests can bring a lot of good, but when they get out of hand and yeah. the, your narrative starts to change, it's it's really when you need to take a step back and look. What am I representing? And the people that don't take that step back and visualize what they're trying to represent are the exact people that are being violent. And, um, so they're in a, in a way they're not connected with what is best for this whole situation. Anyway, regardless of what the problem is, if it's the, um, Floyd deal or the COVID or really anything that comes up.
0: Yeah. And some people, uh, are getting involved with these protests that don't even care about the message. They're just trying to get in there to stoke the flames to just make it more chaotic so that they can feel good about themselves they don't care at all what the true message is if they did they would be stepping back and looking at the real situation
1: yeah they would interview people and there were some that that were had really good points we we feel like uh it should be uh a a bigger uh you know not third degree it should be first degree we feel like the other three officers need to come to justice We, and and that's valid and that's and i agree Mm. uh but there's some of them that they don't even know what they're out there for, you know, and they'll, they're, they'll say it they, or they'll say it's just something silly. And you're just like, right. You know, why is that guy even out there? You know? And, and so, so I get it, but it just is one of those things. It's just frustrating. And I, I you know, a lot of times you'll see pastors get involved in this and, um, I haven't really seen any pastors in the crowds and, and things like that, but I've seen some pastors that have spoke out on it. have you guys heard any of the pastors and what they're saying and the stuff uh,
0: i I was listening to a little bit of uh, transformation church today and Michael Todd was just uh he was just coming to it at a place that uh because of because he's a black man he was talking about what it's like to be treated in a racist situation. He was talking about an instance where he was actually uh approached by police officers because a lady saw him walking onto his own property and called the police on him and he wow. was calling for to have other people who may not be able to relate to situations like this come at it from a place of love. Try and put your place, put yourself in those kind of positions and see how uh, other people are affected by this. See how racism could affect somebody's life, but approach it from love, not from violence, not from anger. Yeah, but you can be angry about it, but don't, don't make, get it to a point where you start hurting people physically or right. emotionally. Come at it from a place of love.
1: Cause you know the first night in Minneapolis, they hurt a predominantly black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. There, you know that's what that's what doesn't make sense. There, there was like, a, there was a video. If you're I saw. mad at someone, go to the DA's house. Go mm-hmm. to you know go to go somewhere like that. Don't tear up your right your Uncle Lou's garage. Yeah, or there, there was a know. video I saw
0: on Facebook of uh, a black man was talking. Uh, trying to, he was yelling at the rioters because they had destroyed his place of business. Yeah. He had lost his livelihood th- because of that. Was it a
1: guy in a yellow hat? Yeah, I think that was from like '92 when there was a riot. Yeah, and, and he was like, he was bawling. The dude was mm-hmm. crying. Is that the LA he riots? Just like, yes, and he's yeah. just like, why are you, why, why are you guys coming after me? I'm, I'm with you, you know. And but I think it's just that, that anger, that blind rage mm-hmm. that that really doesn't have a point other than to, to have chaos right uh rather than resolution you know mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's one of the things that we've got to understand is it's a it's a world deal um and but how do we react as Christians mm-hmm. and, and uh do our part to uh help see that justice is um achieved and of course obviously prayer is the biggest thing um and then for me it's what's next it's it's how do we how do we move on? And and it's to try to help avoid situations like this. And I don't, I don't know the answers.
2: Zorn earlier, you you were talking about, um, the people you see on TV are like, I don't, those people are crazy. I don't, I don't want to associate with them. I don't want to stand behind what they're doing. They're absolutely nuts. Um, and so that's one of our jobs as Christians is to be those people that look desirable. Um, and I'm not saying put on a show. I'm saying, truly do the work that the Bible says and
3: do it with your full heart's intention. In reference to what uh, Rosenberg was saying was the people carrying guns. And I forgot the other reference that you gave in addition to the pandemic, but it's all about intimidation and fear being used to try to fight against something that's couched in fear or intimidation you know what i'm saying it's like you're trying to do something just as wrong to combat the wrong thing and it doesn't make sense as your narrative
1: because it's like it's like if, if i do a peaceful protest i shouldn't have to worry about someone coming at me and me needing a gun but they saw one of their race unnecessarily killed so i kind of get right. that too you know i mean and i think that's the thing is if if christians we can look at it and not and there, there's a lot of things in christendom that we have to just accept even though we don't understand we talked about that again today ruth you know there's there's a lot of things that that god has done and will do and that goes on that we just don't have understanding for um and i think there's sometimes in situations like this how could we understand cuz None of us are black. Right. Right. So right. how could we understand that real feeling? I will never be able to totally fully relate to Michael Todd's story of being called on you know, mm-hmm. having the police call him in his right. own house. Because it's that's never gonna happen to me. Right. Um for that reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I imagine he was unarmed. I imagine mm-hmm. he was just but because someone got scared and they saw a black person on their lawn, on somebody's lawn, they were they called the cops, you know? And, exactly. And it's just hard to ever be able to relate to that.
3: But that's the whole thing is that why is, is someone afraid of another person just because of their color? Right. And right. That, that's just ridiculous. And it has to go back to what you were saying about being conditioned to profile someone. Or make generalizations about people when you don't even know them. We could go right into messy grace on yeah. this. How right? do they dress?
1: Yeah. How they dress? Uh, what kind of toys do they play with as a kid? Yeah. Uh, oh well, they've got to be gay. They're playing with Barbie. No, they're playing with their little sister. And they want to fit in. You exactly. know exactly. Right. Yeah. It, so racism,
0: racism's taught. It's not natural. It's it's what you experience. Right. And it's not
2: just racism. You think of people covered in tattoos, head to toe. And yes. Then, exactly. If you think of this, the stigma that goes along with that, it's it's fear. Mm-hmm. Right. But my, my next, my neighbor across the street, he has a friend who's tattooed literally from head to toe, even his cheeks, um, on his face. And, um, he, uh,
1: on his face,
2: <laughs> <laughs> that took me a little while, but I get it now. <laughs> and he's a super nice guy. Um, you talk to him, he's just a totally normal dude. He's just got a lot of tattoos. Yeah. And, um, it, that does incite fear in people. Yeah, the, your first thought goes somewhere else. Um, but then you talk to him and you're like, Oh, that's my neighbor's friend yeah that's it.
3: So that's that's exactly where I was going with the guys carrying the guns and things like that. They are trying to use fear to uh, give people a different perspective and it's never gonna work. You can't use fear to make people rethink like their thought process or worldview or whatever. It's like we can't we can't do that. We're trying to force people, into seeing things differently or believing differently or whatever.
1: If that worked, everybody would still be doing uh fear mongering from the pulpit. Exactly. And it doesn't work. So that's why they don't do it. Ruth and I were talking today about how people don't talk about Satan up there. And it's because it scares people mm-hmm. and it scares them away, not toward.
2: Yeah. If you want the numbers at the church, you're going to make them feel better. Yeah. Um, and, that's a little cynical, but some in some cases that's no, that's the way it happens its, it's and how it so is. the you'll you'll have to pat you'll have to um cater to the congregation's wants and desires um and you you won't be able to talk about stuff like that um as freely as you might if you don't worry about that sort of thing
0: yeah the only way you can talk about stuff like that is when you have the rapport with the congregation you have to come into it with.
1: A softer good. approach good, at yeah.
0: first and then come at them with the hard mm-hmm. stuff. I think well, it's really important though. It's,
1: it's yeah. And I think it's, I think it's, I think you, you have to trust the Holy spirit in it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's where I think that men meaning flesh still fall short sometimes is, is that they just don't trust the Holy spirit because they are worried about numbers. And I, I'm, you know, I've done it. I've, I've, I've talked about some comfortable messages and, and I've got some stuff stirring in my heart right now. That's, that's big, uh, tough stuff that I want to talk about, and Kimberly's like, and it's not because she's wants numbers, it's because she's talking about like what you're talking about in the pulpit, you know, give these messages, not feel good messages, but truth messages, but use the one-on-one connection and mm-hmm. in and the, in the small group setting to approach those deeper, uh, maybe even spiritually, towards adolescence or adulthood mm-hmm. type things where you can have a discussion about, they don't just have to take something that you say and experience that, especially if the Holy spirit, maybe if you're not a, uh, if you are a spiritual child or adolescent, the Holy spirit's not quite as developed and giving you understanding and things like that. So one
2: thing that just came to my mind is that, um, if people are, um, offended or uncomfortable about listening to sermons about Satan or struggles or trials, temptations, um, that it's yeah it's unfortunate but by not talking about those things you're also doing the rest of the congregation a disservice Mm -hmm. who are ready to hear about it that need to hear about it you're doing them a disservice um and so that's another reason why i think it's so important to talk about is because lots of people are ready to hear about it even though some aren't
1: yeah that's really good that's that's a good point um we're really pretty much out of time um and i don't have anything super profound to say except for that we've got to uh in a time of chaos I, we just got to, we have to look to god um we have to trust him uh to me it's easy sitting here where we are to say uh that everybody needs to trust god for the justice that needs to be served in all four of those men and on behalf of the floyd family but i also understand that in the world and maybe even as a Christian, it might be tough if that was your family member, you know, because you, you want the justice that you mm-hmm. want. And sometimes the justice that God gives isn't always what we want. And we, and, and we have to learn to accept that, handle that, and trust him for the plan for it. So uh, what I was thinking maybe was instead of trying to make up something super profound, maybe, Grant, I know you had a scripture that you were going to share. And then maybe um, right after that, Mason, if you'll give your scripture, mm-hmm. and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up and—, and uh,
2: Yeah, my scripture's from Matthew 6, verse 25. It's, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life, is not life more than food and body more than clothes. And, um... Holy moly. <laughs> I don't even think that was the right scripture I was supposed to read.
3: Because <laughs> at the end
2: of it, I was like, what is that? <laughs> I think this has been
3: more about fear and that what you're reading right there is like, what do people do because of fear? I know that it creates chaos. Fear creates chaos. But everything we've been mm-hmm. talking about does is fear how people... Does fear create chaos
1: re- or does chaos create fear? That's deep because I kind of see your it's point both ways. Yeah, it really yeah. is. I I could see where fear could create chaos in this case, a lot of that. And then but I can also see where the chaos has created fear. Right. And, you know, yeah.
3: But you're using fear. A lot of people are using fear to try to get what they want. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's exactly how this whole thing starts is you try to intimidate people by you know, putting your knee on someone's neck as a mm-hmm. lesson to everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so to me, this has been all about, I mean, racism is couched in fear, yeah. like everything about it. So I just I just think we got so much other stuff we could talk about with chaos, not this week. I'm just yeah. saying, do another one.
1: So do you got your scripture?
0: Psalms 46, verse 10 through 11. And it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress.
1: That's really good, Mason. Um, I'm going to go ahead and 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 do my wrap-up part, and then I'm going to have you read your scripture all the way through because it's one of those that needs to be kind of, the whole thing needs to be read, mm-hmm. and that's how we'll end. Um, so uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you listening into to this. Um, I'm sorry it went a little bit longer, but we just really got rolling on some really good stuff. I appreciate you guys being here and doing this. Um, but... Remember that if you want to get a free t shirt, one of our podcast t shirts, you can write us an email or a snail mail letter. Uh, the details are below in the podcast information, and you can do that. And, Grant, thanks for coming out. It's good to see you. I love you tons. I'm yeah. super proud of what you're doing, and I'm proud of your family. Uh, make sure that Sarah knows that I'm matching and come with you, <laughs> um, but I get it. And then, uh, if you don't mind, go ahead and read your scripture, tell us what scripture it is, and then, and then finish it out. And then uh, we'll let Mason turn on his fancy music at the end.
2: Yeah, this is in Matthew 6, verse 25 through 34. Um, and it's all about not to worry. Um, and it gives you lots of confirmation that God is there with you. So it's, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is, is not life more than food and body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow in, stow away in barns. will he not much more clothe you you of little faith so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well therefore therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own
1: so good thank you guys
0: Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the AMP station in Claremore, Oklahoma. AMP is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.